This week's podcast is sponsored by Zish. Many of you will be familiar with Zish, with teacher users from over 100 countries. And for those who are not, Zish are an easy-to-use teacher dashboard, which helps you to pinpoint the strengths and weaknesses of each of your students. Zish brings together all of the educational apps you love to use in one place, so you teachers out there can focus on learning progress. One of its killer apps is the quiz maker Quizalyze. Go to zish.co to check out what Zish is all about. And as a listener of the podcast, you can get 50% off a yearly subscription if you use the code EDTECHPODCAST before the 31st of August. Woohoo! Hello everyone and welcome to this bumper edition of the EdTech podcast with Mark Anderson aka ICT Evangelist. And P.S. there is a reason for this week's music selection which will soon become apparent. Mark is an award-winning blogger, author and speaker and was recently recognised as the most influential person in EdTech in Europe and the second most influential blogger in the UK. You can check him out on Twitter at ICT Evangelist or on his site at ictevangelist.com. In this episode, find out what Mark Anderson is talking about here. See, the thing is, this is something that a few people do know, but not many. How does Mark go about uncovering new tools for education? And I, I don't necessarily sort of like go, right, it's four o'clock on Friday afternoons. Right now, I better be looking for some new apps. And how did Mark learn from his first speaking experience? But I was rubbish. Also, check out Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for shared resources on this episode, including over 30 Twitter shout-outs Mark recommends, as well as top three books and top three apps for educators. This episode will be diving deep into issues including sharing children's work in an authentic way to raise standards, what is it to be a modern educator, and how should education and tech evolve to better meet the needs of students. Also, expect a few deviations into the world of dance music, why even Mark Anderson needs help on Snapchat and much more. So I'm very excited to finally be sat uh, with Mark Anderson, a.k.a. ICT Evangelist. Thank you, Sophie. Uh, well, thank you for coming, Mark. And um, so Mark is a, a hugely influential and award-winning blogger, author and speaker, and is uh, seems to be incredibly hardworking, always uh, touring the country and internationally um, spreading the word on uh, edtech innovation uh, primarily from the uh, educator's point of view, so what's applicable and, and, and what's going to have an impact in the classroom. Um, so Mark, I know that today, for example, you were at the BFI. Yeah, was working there with uh, a friend of mine who goes by Reggie Rob uh, on Twitter. He runs a, a resource site, mostly for primary, called the 
literacy shed and uh, it looks at how um, children can use visual media and use of film and what have you uh, to inspire uh, writing as part of the the process of, of learning and uh, oracy and what have you so yeah it was really really good fantastic and what were you speaking about yeah so I was sharing um, different ways in which we can use technology to have an impact on children's writing and looking at um, so, so people often think, you know, when you're when you're thinking about writing, uh, the, the writing bit's the end product, okay. But actually, if you think about thinking of something like a film as being the end product, then the writing just becomes part of that process, okay. And so, um, and then when you're thinking about talking to the children about um, who the audience for that will be, um, so underpinned by a quote, there's a guy um, called Rushton Hurley, and there's a quote from him where he talks about um, when children share their work with the world, they want it to be good, and when they share it just with you, they want it to be good enough. Yeah. You know, that really resonates. And when when you're thinking about kids and and, and the work that they do, um, if the end product is something that's going to be shared to the world through social media or on a YouTube channel or whatever, you know, that's far more authentic and and uh, realistic for kids these days. And so you know, it's just. A fantastic way of making sure that the kids really put their very very best into it you know you, you can do so many simple things as well like if you think for example mirroring just one of the things i talked about today where you're sharing your um the camera or whatever on your uh, mobile device up onto the big screen you know I, i've seen massive wins on things like presentation and efforts and, and and what have you in the classroom just by you know using that uh, feature or as a visualizer showcasing children's work on the board in the classroom um, so a lot of things I talk about, and I, I mentioned it today as well, it's it's not about the, the, the really complex things. Um, you know, lots of use in, of loads of different apps. We've talked about app smashing on Twitter recently, for example. But actually, you know, in a geography lesson, you want the kids to be focusing on geography. You know, I want, I want to walk, walk, walk into a geography classroom, and I want to be hearing the children talk about geography, not what app they're using. It's just part of the toolkit, you know. Um, you don't s- sort of centre your lessons around a compass or a ruler or anything like that, you know. And so it should be like that with the technology there, just to, just to support and enhance the learning. Yeah, so. and, and just going back to BFI, so it sounded like, I mean, today, um, as we know, it was a day that England were playing Wales. And so I think you were telling me that there was an added benefit at the end of the event. Yeah, so we finished about half an hour before the game finished. And uh, the, the guy, Mark, from uh, BFI, he's BFI Education uh, on Twitter, um, we were talking with the projectionist and what have you, and they said, you put the match on and said, uh, should we watch the end? So we sat there at the front of the BFI on the big screen watching the England-Wales match um, with a, a nice uh, soft drink from the bar, shall we say. And uh, it was fantastic, yeah. And uh, England uh, scored in the last two minutes, and it was a bit sort of party time. It was brilliant. It was really good. And, you know, is that part and parcel of what you do? I suppose, you know, there's always those... Um kind of downtime moments when you're away from home you're in a hotel but there must be also these like funny little memorable occasions as well when yeah absolutely I remember I was in uh, Melbourne recently there's a guy called Mike uh, Reading from uh, New Zealand who was also speaking at the event and uh, we were talking about the use of um, the sort of slow motion camera on on, the, on my um, iPad uh, for sort of looking at and uh, analysing sort of things to do with sports and PE and what have you and so uh, there was this massive massive pile of balloons and so Mike just pegged it straight into these balloons um, and as I have a bit of a giggle and, and all that sort of thing but 
the thing that sort of really re- resonates with me with all that sort of thing is wherever I go in the world, it's always teachers looking to sort of try and learn new things, doing stuff to, to, to try and better opportunities for kids. And, and, and whilst it's a giggle and, and we get some nice opportunities like, like I said today, the BFI and what have you, it's... I do a fair amount of work with Apple. I'm an Apple Distinguished Educator. And, and something that Apple really, really... Um, sort of try and work on with with, with, with everything they do you, you see it in their advertising on television and and what have you they've got a real love of stories mm-hmm. and for me you know having the chance to, I mean, it's such a privilege being able to do what i do but getting to meet people and uh, have these experiences together they're all just more stories to share that help form what you do and, and there's, there's so many inspiring educators whether you're meeting them face to face or via a hangout or via skype or like we are now face to face and what have you um, these stories can I would say that this isn't my quote either but every, every, day, every day is a learning day and I love the fact that whether it's through social media or through meeting people I've got something new that I learn every single day and uh, yeah it's a real privilege to do what I do I love it and how did you fall into this life so for example did you grow up really interested in technology and gaming or anything like that and what was your uh, particular background? Well, I'm, I'm pretty um, sort of geeky, you know. I had a com- uh, had an Atari as a kid, and a Spectrum, and had a Commodore. My parents were really sort of supportive of me in that sort of way, but uh, I'm not a coder or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I used to sort of sit there like many children in, in the eighties with with books, you know, typing out the code on the Spectrum, trying <laughs> to make games and things like that. You know, um, but. Um, I decided in sort of mid-teens I wanted to be a teacher and um, I just wanted to, it it really resonated with me, that opportunity to have a big impact and a legacy on the world and that's kind of what's led me to where I am now. I met some people eight, nine, ten years ago who inspired me to start blogging and sharing and and, and what have you so I started sort of sharing things that way Um, and uh, where I am now is sort of a a lead on from things like that but, but it's about, I worked on the Isle of Man last week and um, the focus for my session, which I did with a, with a guy called David Cameron, who's not the Prime Minister, he's Real D Cameron on Twitter, um, who's an ITL associate, independent thinking associate like I am. And uh, we were actually working with every school on the island as well, which was a massive privilege. But my focus was to think about what it is to be a modern educator. And I, and I thought rather than, you know, I've, I've got my point of view on it and what have you, but I thought rather than sort of the, you know, doing the Mark Anderson show, I'd ask social media and ask teachers about what it is to be a modern educator. And it's, it, the world's obviously very different to what it was when, when I was at school. Um, but and what, what was it like when you were at school? I went to an all, I went to an all boys grammar school. Do, do you have fond memories of school or, or, or not so much? Um... Not so much, really. I, 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 I mentioned that Russian Hurley quote before about sort of sharing children's work and what have you. And, um, you know, in the time when I was at school, not one of my teachers put any of my work up on the wall from primary through to secondary. I, I did love primary school, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but um, it was a, it was very much a sort of, if you're not Oxbridge, then just, you know. Naff off sort of thing yeah <laughs> so um and are you a west country man i am yes yeah, so a gloucester yeah. boy originally uh, i won't name the school because i think i'd be churlish but no. um yeah so i'm from gloucester uh, I, live I, c- I commend your use of the word lush yeah yep. i have heritage in in bath as well so it's funny though i was working i worked with a bunch of schools up in north tyneside and they and i was talking to the um 
primary executive head of the, the, the trust and the head teacher of the school that I work in, Emma Overton. And um, apparently Lush is a real sort of, uh, sort of Geordie phrase as well. Oh, really? Sort of Reet Lush or Geet Lush. Or <laughs> so I'm more like Gert Lush. From, yeah, Gert Lush, with yeah, the, yeah. With that sort of Bristolian sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. All right, me babs. But that modern educator thing, though, one of the things that um, really resonated from that work uh, was a quote from somebody called Joe Baker, who's a um, head of art in Lincoln, and she said, um, "Being a modern educator is is is, uh, is really important to realise that we can learn just as much from the kids as we can as we can give to them and things," and and, and that that massively re- massively resonated. I mean, I, I had like you know loads and loads, fifty plus uh, replies to my question and what have you, um, but they came from all over the world. You know, and and that's what it is to be a modern educator, being mm. being Connected. open enough to be able to uh, realise that you don't know everything, that we can learn new things every single day, and that you know we can learn things just as much from the kids. Oh, that's one one question I was going to ask. So, um, so I I had a quick look on your website. Yeah. I had a look at your speaking engagements. Yeah. You know, I saw that you just spoken at Northern Rocks. Uh, you yeah. have AppShare Live coming up tomorrow. Saturday. Saturday, uh, Festival of Education next week, yeah. and Teach Me. Each- Teach Meet London, even uh, on, on a boat. Yeah. Um, after a gig in Canterbury, at Canterbury College. Do you, Do you ever sleep? How do you fit all of this in? Um, I've got a nice car, <laughs> which helps me get back from A to B and things. Um, but um, see, the thing is, this is something that a few people do know, but not many. Um, but I used to be um, a DJ, a club DJ, uh, and I used to do that. Um, semi sort of professionally alongside my teaching during my twenties. I started at uni and then you know and what kind of music? The house. House. So yeah. like, but I played like Ministry of Sound, Pasha, really? all that. Really, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, and, really, and, and in London and what have you as well. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> and um, mixcloud.com slash DJ Mark Anderson. Just, okay, just amazing. But um, d- d- have you seen? Um, there's a really funny spoof that does a um, a take on pirate radio rave advertisement have you right. have you heard this no, so it's just like 500 lasers <laughs> all this stuff so I'll, I'll send you that it's quite funny that's cool i, I even now though i think like danny ramplin like he used to be like was it judge jules i kind of like like toilet paper he's on a roll yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah. This sort of stuff. Oh, how funny yeah, cool. but no during my 20s i was doing that like alongside my teaching full time so you build on the stamina you've got yeah so you know, like a friday night you know and, and across any given month which kind of for sort of five or six years when I was sort of working in and around Peterborough, you know, I had a monthly residency in Edinburgh. Um, I had a sort of thing I do every two weeks in Leeds, and I finished work on a Friday, and you know, go home, get my sort of vinyl together and what have you, and I'd drive up to Leeds and I'd start playing at ten, and I'd play till three, and then I'd hang around and uh, you know have a have a kebab or something outside, and drive home, do a marking and prep on a Sunday, and back to school on a Monday. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so I've, I've always had a fair amount of stamina, but. It was when I stopped DJing and... Um, Do you still have all your vinyl, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still play it at home? Um, I sold a fair amount of my kit when I had yeah. children yeah. to pay for things like push chairs and, and what have you. <laughs> so but annoying so when that happens, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Digital is amazing now, yeah. though. I, I was very much a purist. Um, and people used to call me like sort of Mixed Master Mark and stuff because like a, my, my beat matching was just absolutely... Bang on. Spot on the money. It's funny, do you know, like people say about DJ and that, and like, I, I know I'm like really amazing, <laughs> I, I, but, but if, which might sound arrogant, but I know I'm really, really, really good. Yeah. When people say to me about what I do professionally now, um, well, I was going to say, 
speaking, talking. I know what you mean. I have though. massive imposter syndrome. I know I'm really good because people tell me I'm good and that I win these awards and all the rest of it. But I, mean, I was talking to the, the taxi driver on the way over and I said, I'm just some bloke sharing ideas from, you know, from Somerset. And he's like, don't say yourself short, mate. <laughs> you know, you, you must be doing all right if I'm dropping you in. But I know what you mean because with, with, the, with the mixing, it's about, it's almost maths, isn't it? It's, you know, absolutely has to be right or it just sounds, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, hear yeah. it a mile off. But the digital stuff, see, um, and it wasn't until, you know, sort of two, three years ago, I started using technology to mix with and what have you. Uh, and for me, it was about the skill of being able to beat match and being really, really good at it. But what I love now is that just on my iPad, even for using an app that costs all seven quid, I've got the equivalent of two Technics, which are like, yeah, you know, which were loads of money back in the day. I've got a decent mixer and I've got an effects unit and a sampler. And I can like, you know, remix stuff on the fly. And it's, I'm so much more creative what than I ever that? used to be. Uh, Tractor DJ. Yeah. Um, and it's just amazing, and so much so. I've 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 got it on my Mac now, and I've bought some controllers, um, so you can use the controllers like your, your mixer and, and, and sound effects. You think I've it, it's I think I'm amazing. trying to remember if it was Tractor. Is it Tractor? Or is there another one? No, there was another one. And I forget the name of it now. You, you, you'd put like a platter on so yeah, your turntable. Well, I did have CDJs as well. They're yeah. amazing. So I'll send you a video of my eighteen-month-old uh, son mixing and some uh, CDJs. Yeah, I, I say I sold my CDJs, <laughs> and I had a lovely, lovely yeah. mixer. Um, I sold those. I've still got my twelve tens though. I got a little two-channel Mater Fade mixer and things as well. So do you ever get called get out still for parties of your friends and that kind of thing? To it's do a funny bit. actually. I, I've done a few recently. So that uh, that lady I mentioned before, the head teacher from North Tyneside, her mum unfortunately passed away last year. Uh, died from cancer um, but her mum had always said she wanted to sort of run a charity fundraising events to sort of like you know, raise some money for the for the um, cancer research um, charity and um, despite the fact that her mother had passed away Emma was very keen to still organise an event and I was working up there and, whatever, and she got in touch and said would I fancy doing a bit of a gig and so I said uh, so what, what is it I said, well, about, I've got about 100 women coming it's a women only event and we're looking for someone to come and play some songs you know so you like, weren't like the butler and the buff were you no no I wasn't <laughs> no, no. but it, it, it was it was great to go along and support her and what have you so yeah that's when we sort of buy some new kit and, and again I've done a, done, a, done a few other little bits and bobs since then yeah. um, but but I do still love it. I mean, if you say if you look on my mix cloud site, you'll see I, I do a, two or three new mixes a month. Interesting. And do you, do you uh, listen to any kind of podcasts now that are around that kind of music? And um, I do. Yes, yeah, so I listen to the Cream podcast. Okay, yeah. um, I, I, I love the Annie Mac stuff. Yeah, Annie Mac. Uh, I good. listen to Radio One an awful lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just love dance music. Yeah. And the thing is, whilst whilst I whilst I was sort of doing the sort of playing out stuff, I would play mostly house. For me, it's about good dance music, and that could be drum and bass, it could be yeah. techno, it could be whatever. Well, I, um, met, I met my so husband at um, festival, so oh, right, I cool. have an appreciation of the same. Uh, yeah, it's just about good music. Well, really. Yeah, good music and p people who are up for getting together and having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like you're going to start singing Problem Scream Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I was meant to walk down the aisle once I'd got married to um, Candy Staten, You've Got, yeah, the, you've love. got the Love. Yeah. And my brother had control of the um, bloody, um, basically the clicker, what you were showing me before. And um, I'm not sure if this was sabotage, but he pressed the wrong thing. So it was, uh, so in the end, it was, you know, the traditional organ. <laughs> oh, was yeah. right. But uh, yeah, no, it's all good. So going back to education, <laughs> um, what have we got here? Uh, so you're talking about stamina, and I don't know. If, do you know Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week? Anyway, big, another podcast to listen to. But um, 
What's your daily routine? So are you a get up early person or a go to bed late person? I, I have got lots of stamina to sort of stay up and keep working and what have you. I, I, I used to be able to get up early and be sort of right on the ball. Um, if, you, if I could take a screenshot of my alarm uh, section on my phone, you'd see uh, what it's like for me sort of getting up in the morning. But for me, it's about... Well, I, I'm rubbish with paper, so I, I just run everything I can electronically. Calendar, the whole nine yards, you know, I live by my... Cal- if you ask me what what gig I'm doing, like you know, in two weeks' time, I couldn't tell you. I've got to look at my uh, m- my phone and what have you. But you don't I have came a personal assistant. No, I've got a PA. No, it's just just me. But um, I came across this thing a few years ago called uh, this, this sort of method of um, uh, productivity called GTD, getting things done. And the idea behind it is that you just throw everything down into your organisation and planning, because so, it f- then frees your mind up. Yeah. You haven't got to sort of spend time worrying about anything. You just need to look it up. You know, so I've got um, sort of location activated things. I get home and it tells me that I'm now at home, so it's now time to do this. All that sort of stuff. Um, I used to keep records when I was when I was working as an assistant head. I wanted to sort of look how many hours I was working. Well, I I, I created a rule on this website ifttt.com, and um, using the location parameters, there was a ring fence around my school. When I arrived at school, it knew my phone would know that I'd arrived at school, and so it would make a little mark at a time on a, a separate Google Calendar. So I keep track of my hours and all that sort of thing. And again, it's not about me doing it myself. It's just using loads of automation. People say, how the hell do you tweet as much as you do well you know I, I do tweet a fair amount and I think it's really important to engage with people you know I, I got into this like I said to sort of share ideas and help people out and you know make the world a better place and <laughs> Michael Jackson and yeah but that sort of thing but um, but yeah with the sharing that I do sort of things from my blog or the rest of it I use services like Buffer and mm. and what have you to um, sort of send stuff. I got some plugins on my blog to share new blog posts. Put so those s- out. I suppose my question on all of that is, I can definitely see how that saves time. However, um, there's a certain amount of time involved in uncovering some of these uh, life hacking tips, as it were, in the first place. So even you know, do you do that on like a weekly basis? Do you factor in okay every Friday afternoon I'm gonna just do a bit of research about what's new and upcoming or useful, or does does it, does it just come organically through things like Twitter and word happens. of mouth and that kind of thing? Meeting people, talking, sharing, um, you know things like AppShare Live, that monthly event that I do. Um, you know, it's just a great way of I I, I learn new things all the time. Um, and I, I don't necessarily sort of like go, oh, right, it's four o'clock on Friday afternoon, yeah. so right now we better be looking for some new apps. <laughs> you know, it, it just fits in as and when it fits in. So, yeah, you, know. you, were, you were telling me before as well, which I found very hard to believe, that actually um, someone had helped you uh, get to grips with Snapchat, which I just thought, you know, I, I can't imagine anyone trying to, or having to um, help you with any apps. So. Well, <laughs> Certainly with technology, you know, a lot of it's very, very intuitive these days. But I, I, I genuinely did find Snapchat quite hard. Mm. Um, but uh, something I share a lot when I talk is about this sort of impact efforts and prioritisation matrix. And teachers are busy, they're time poor. And, you know, if something is going to take them more time to sort of learn how to do and use in the classroom, then they you know, just sack it off. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's about stuff that's... There's some great tools out there, and, and, and these are the ones which end up doing really well and been going for years, like Padlet, Socrative, um, 
Theglink, all these tools, which are mega easy to use. You know, I've used Padlet with kids as in sort of you know reception year year one, year two, but kids up in year thirteen as well. It's stuff is really low access but massively scalable in terms of mm. what you can do with it, and, and and that's what that's why I always talk about sort of that Michael Fullan thing about pedagogy first. Yeah, you know, think about your teaching and learning first. Use stuff as dead simple that can support you know, the tools that can support that learning in the classroom. And. You know, what would you say are the top three concerns for educators? And obviously it differs depending on where you are in the world, but are there three main concerns that you could... Well, I'd say geography's massive, isn't it? You know, if you look at... I'm, I'm doing some work in Hong Kong um, in the summer, and, and, like, you know, I've not seen many schools which are so advanced in terms of their knowledge, understanding of teaching and learning, uh, and how that applies... Um, in modern relevant ways they use the technologies really pervasive uh, and what have you it's absolutely brilliant but I mean top three thing, top three issues I come across gen generally uh, are surrounded when it comes to use of technology is teacher confidence uh, and what have you um, arrogance uh, and what have you and um, people just being making um, sort of ill-informed decisions so Those fear of getting issues. engaged in the first place, um, then the reverse of that, which is I don't need to get engaged. And what was the last one? Uh, people making ill-informed decisions. Okay, so how yeah, do I choose what's going to actually... I, 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 I love Apple gear. Do you know what I mean? I'm an AD, but I'm also Google certified. I'm also Microsoft as well. For me, you know, if a school wants to choose to buy a lot of Chromebooks, then great. If a school wants to, go, wants to go and buy a load of surfaces, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. If you want to go for an iPad, well done, you know, whatever. What's most important is, is, is choosing how to use that effectively. And, you know, there are very few teachers who've got the time and patience and what have you to use any of these things to their maximum potential, really. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do genuinely think that iOS makes it really easy for people to, to, to learn with but that you know some schools want different types of learning to take place you know so the form factor whilst it's really helpful you know in, in how it's portable and kinds of cameras and all that of it but if a school doesn't have that sort of ethos and culture around learning and they want things to be more sort of didactic and what have you and they want kids to be able to sort of use a big keyboard and things and the other options but I, say it's, I think that's entirely up to them yeah but what i think is important is that they that they make those decisions based upon what what's going on in their schools with their kids with their parents with their community with their st style of learning and that sort of thing and making that informed decision rather than going hey, well that's loads of things i'll go for that yeah uh, yeah i can absolutely see that and um you know in in, in the in the model of early adopters and then you have you know your later adopters and that kind of thing um how do you go about converting that 20% that are just not interested at all and refuse to engage in um, tech as a potential enabler for students? Um, and then, you know, you've got schools of thought like Steiner schools and stuff like that. Well, you can lead a horse to water, do you know what I mean? And the thing is, you know, a bell curve is a bell curve for a reason, you know, and so y you're never going to get everyone on board. Yeah, so if you're thinking about your sort of standard deviations, you know what I mean? You're always going to have like your early adopters at one end, you know, and you find your mean way, and then, and then you'll have people which never will, you know. And if that's, if that's their choice, then that's their choice, you know, and that's fine. So, speaking to Richard Collata earlier, the uh, Chief Innovation uh, Officer for the state of Rhode Island, and in his opinion now is that it used to kind of be funny when people said, oh, I just don't do tech, but now it's not really acceptable if you're a school leader. What do you think about that? 
I, I think it's absolutely right, and uh, he'll be um, probably good friends with Eric Scheniger, you know, who's who's yeah, massive in terms of that whole idea of um, school leaders being digital leaders, and. I I, th- I think we've got a moral duty to do that, but you know, is, who is who am I to tell a school mm-hmm. uh, leader, governing body, or the rest of it that they're they're wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if that's what they want to do, they then that's entirely up to them. Yeah. Um. And and it would be arrogant of me to do otherwise. Some schools book me on a consultancy basis and say, right, Mark, we want the five step Mark Anderson plan to success. And I'm like, well, I can't do it, mate. Mm-hmm. I could say what works in lots of other schools, but they're not your school. Yeah. You know, and I can talk about the sorts of learning that can go on with different types of devices and different types of software and, and how that might work for you and so forth and so on. And I can guide you and, and what have you. And I can hold your hand and that sort of stuff. I can't do it for you. Mm. You've got to go through that work yourself. Yeah. You know, there, there, there is no Mark Anderson five step plan. Um, <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only. Yeah. A quick word from this week's podcast sponsor, Edspace. Calling all education entrepreneurs, Edspace is Europe's unique education innovation hub, including a shared workspace in London and a global network for everyone who wants to transform education. Pick from a range of membership packages to suit you, or attend one of our classes, workshops or meetups. To register, visit www.edspace.io and for an exclusive podcast third off your first month when you sign up as a member, use the promo code PODCAST. So one thing I wanted to ask you about is um, obviously there's a kind of well-documented uh, drop-off in, in uh, women in STEM, say beyond A-levels um, and in the tech world as well um, at the most senior level. You're obviously a fantastic inspiration to educators, male, female, all parts of the spectrum. But are there any sort of female Mark Andersons out there that you would laud in terms of inspiring and you know what what's your thoughts on this whole inspiring women in tech leadership or women in ed tech leadership as well i was really lucky to work with alice keeler in april and um so i've known i've known alice for you know, socially uh, for a very long time we've been at lots of events together but our paths have never actually crossed and what have you uh, and i got to uh, spend some serious time hanging out with her prior to the conference that we were both keynoting out and what have you in Melbourne and um, we, we, we were talking earlier about Ross Morrison McGill yeah and um, he's an absolute power horse you know I, I just I mean I, I spoke uh, recently about him on on a different podcast actually but um, Alice Keeler is like that her output is is ferocious <laughs> um, she is massively opinionated and and has got you know, kids' well-being and learning right at the core of what she does, and she is relentless in, in how she does that. Uh, from a mathematics background, um, she's into coding. She's, you know, she inspires me. You know, yeah. if, if you look at I'm who, already like, oh, <laughs> if you've got to sort good. of think about people who who can do that for others, yeah. you know, uh, and I look at her output and what have you, um, you know, and I'm just like, wow. And people say to me, like, how do you, you said to me, how do you do it, Mark? And I'm like, well, you know, do my best. But I look at the, the likes of Ross and Alice and what have you, and I know, I know they use automation themselves and in different ways to sort of promote their posts and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, no, she's just a powerhouse. And so she'd be a good one to get on the podcast, sounds like. Absolutely, if, yeah. you, if, you, can, if you can track her down, that yeah, is. Yeah, sounds um, like she moves fast. Yeah, but no, I've, I've got an awful lot of time for, for Alice and say so I learned an awful lot from working with her. Yeah. Um, but, so it's but Alice like, Keeler. Keeler, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like many people, she's, she's Alice Keeler on Twitter, AliceKeeler.com. Um, and, and like many people, you know, she, 
she should be very humble you know about what she does and she says I'm mm. just trying to I'm just sharing ideas and trying to help people out and, and all the rest of it um, she's but, the mark um, of a good leader isn't it yeah doing the things for, for the right reasons yeah um, I often share about sort of that idea of leading without a title as well you know um, people ask me how I got to be in the position I'm in and stuff well it's just because I've always been pushing you know I've always wanted to improve I, I spoke at a teach meet nine years ago eight years ago maybe organized by a history teacher called sally thorne she's mrs thorne with an e on twitter and uh there are about sort of 10 15 people there um but i was rubbish you know i stood up and shared this idea and even the idea was pretty rubbish looking back on it do you know what i mean i was sweaty palms i was stuttering all that sort of thing and here's a guy who be prized at that i don't know dj to thousands of people i've talked to i've done assemblies i've i've done all this sort of stuff but actually what i was talking to my peers mm. i was like <laughs> you know and uh, <coughs> i vowed and declared declared there and then that i would never do that again i.e i wouldn't make a complete tit of myself yeah and so um i spoke to um some people who, who uh, were help looking to help um sort of get teach me up and running in, in the in in the southwest and what have you and so i started organizing my own and the first one i did had sort of 15 20 people probably again maybe a few more um donna hay always says it was 10 i think <laughs> but it wasn't very busy but by the sort of sixth or seventh one we had like 300 plus people come in from as far north as york with the likes of john thompson and sorry sorry um, and not john uh, alex quigley um we had tom sherrington head guru teacher kev bartler people who are huge on twitter huge social presence We'll have you down there presenting all the rest of it it was just a massive event we had people flying over from jersey um isle of Wight, all sorts and isle just i do right so um yeah it was just uh, uh, i'd wanted to you know improve things and share ideas and, and, and which is a, another platform which helps sort of move that forward and what have you and it's funny you know that, that people Education's in a bit of a mess at the minute, you know, lo loads of teachers are looking to get there. We, we, we sort of hear every week in the tears and what have you about the recruitment crisis and all the rest of it. And I'm contacted regularly about, we, went, we had this sort of conversation before, didn't we really? But people contact me regularly about how they can sort of like get out of teaching and replicate the sort of thing that I do now and what have you. But the thing with me is I, I, I didn't ever... I didn't sit down five years ago and go, right, what's a more Anderson five-step plan? Like the exit to, strategy. To, yeah, well, it wasn't anything to do with that, yeah. you know, and um, albeit I have now done, you know. But it's about, again, just sharing and... and I never wanted to get into middle management or senior management even, you know. I, I wanted to help kids in my classroom and have that sort of face-to-face -face stuff. But as I sort of grew up through my 20s, I realised that actually if I moved up as a, as a head of department, actually I could have a, I could have impact on a whole school, you know, with, with, with my subject. Actually, if I become an assistant head, you know, I could have an impact on a whole school and, and, and even bigger, you know, not just in my, in my subject area. And... You know, I get I get um, photographs. I make posters and stuff to, and ideas and things. I get people who taking photographs and stuff. I did an e-safety, online safety thing, an acrostic um, thing. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? About what you post online, your digital footprints and stuff. And a school in New York printed it out nice, sort of like you know, six foot high and slapped it around a school, sent me some photos. And I, I didn't charge for it. It was just something I made, you know. But honestly, that sort of thing, I just buzz from it. I, I'm like absolutely like, wow, look at that. That's yeah. Amazing, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. No, I mean it's an interesting one. So you mentioned um, schools and educators contacting you about, you know, how can they potentially follow your footsteps? Um, 
on the same part, having spoken to various startups, I'm aware that, you know, when people are looking to uh, get into this space, and obviously we're at an EdTech event at the moment, um, where, you know, there there is a huge amount of investment interest and entrepreneurial interest in education, innovation. Um, those people quite often, I imagine, are contacting you because, you know, you're a big influencer among the educator community. Um, what's your message to them? Keep everything about teaching and learning. You know, we, we launched we launched um, our iPad one to one right at the bang end of two thousand and eleven, and um, you'd think sort of handing out twelve hundred iPads to kids, you think it was a technology project, but it wasn't. It was a teaching and learning project, and you know, if you if you keep teaching and learning and link it to, to research and and what works and what have you. Um, so that's one reason why I love Kahoot so much. You know, it's dead simple. Does what it says on a tin. You know, and and it's informed by you know the, by research. And um, if you can do that, you know, things like Doodle Math are doing really well on the, on a similar sort of basis, so forth and so on. Yeah. You know, if, if you if you've got that. In West Country, aren't they? They are not too, yeah. not, too, not too far from my parts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you if you if you've got that at, at, at the core of what you're doing. And maybe have that sort of mantra like I've got. Like I said, I, I didn't sort of have it on my plan to get here. Yeah. You know, I sort of, sort of fell into it because of what I was doing. <coughs> I often find that educators, you know, who do things in those sorts of ways, end up being the ones which end up doing the best. I'm really fortunate to be um, uh, an associate within uh, an organisation called Independent Thinking Limited, uh, run by a guy called Ian Gilbert. He's written loads of books on on teaching and learning. And what have you? One of my favourites. Uh, there's two really favourites that sort of stand out. Uh, one says his little book of thunks, which is a whole bunch of lesson starters. They're sort of like questions that don't really have an answer, but get kids really thinking. Um, but the one which sort of links really well to what we're talking about is uh, why do I need a teacher when I've got Google? You know, and uh, <coughs> it's really, really, uh, really fantastic book. But there are sort of 40 odd um, we're not odd there's about 40 of us associates um, all from sort of different areas and disciplines and experiences and what have you um, but they're all people who, who um, didn't get into doing what they're doing now because they wanted to make a fast buck or wanted to get on the on, on a speaking circuit or anything like that one of them uh, one of the associates is an old colleague of mine Jim Smith he was assistant head teacher at Cleveland School he's now the um, head of school or from September will be the head of school uh, at the school. Uh, he wrote a book called The Lazy Teacher's Handbook. It's not about being a lazy teacher, it's about making the kids work harder than you and promoting independent learning and all that sort of thing. But it's about sharing those great ideas from your classroom. It's about you know, sharing what really, really works and keeping that focus on it. For, from Juliet Robertson, who talks about um, outdoor learning and, and how that can massively influence learning for kids uh, through to... Um, uh, there's, there's loads of us. <coughs> and... Um, we all come from that background of, of wanting to change the world, you know? And, and do you have, like, a, a top three books that inspire you in this field? Of EdTech? Yeah, or, or just in, 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 in education. In education. <laughs> or ones that you've applied within education that, you know, you think speak to you? Yeah, so Ethic of Excellence by uh, Ron Berger um, is, like, 
like a classic. And, you know, it, it, it goes to show that some of the best books don't have to be like tomes, you know? Um, and it's, it's just so, so slim. But the, the ideas behind it have had a massive impact in schools all over the world. Um, and, and so that's a, a definite read. Um, Hattie continues to be um, good material for those of you who have insomnia. <laughs> but honestly, like... They're the a bit of a monster. It, it, it's, it's a bit war and peace. And, and obviously he's, he's written loads of books on, on, on his research and what have you. But again, their impact on, on informing... Um, teaching and learning uh, are absolutely huge and if you're looking for for a cracking book into um, sort of modern teaching and learning ideas another old colleague of mine called Zoe Elder who's also an ITL associate uh, wrote a book called Full On Learning and it is just awesome it is just so so good um, and, and so her blog is is really really powerful as well and it, and, and she might you know do things which apl- end up applying to technology and what have you but at its core it's always about teaching and learning I'd say her book was just you know absolutely brilliant when I first read it uh, and, and I, I still go back to it now just to you know pick things up and go back in and sort of get in and think a little bit more deeply about about you know, what, she, what she was talking about way back when and whatever as well so yeah those are th- sort of three biggies for me so you've done the three books I'm going to go full on listicles again um three top dance tracks three top dance <laughs> tracks um Alison Limerick Where Love Lives uh, would be one uh, Western, which is a drum and bass track by PFM with a um, MC track on it by Conrad on Looking Good Records on LCJ Bookham Stable and West End Girls by the Petrol Boys. I love the Petrol Boys. Because Petrol Boys absolutely so rock. I've seen them live, amazing. So many times too. They're so good. They're so good. Have you got their new album? I have indeed. It's very good, yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, it's, maybe it's I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to try and uh, maybe stitch some of that music into this podcast. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. Um, okay, just a few more questions, and uh, then we'll we'll uh, wrap up. So, um, your uh, name, I suppose, is ICT Evangelist. Uh, is there a risk of uh, people uh, idolizing tech and it becoming a cult of, you know, tech? tech in that way as opposed to what we were just talking about yeah you I mean, see it, I suppose? My, my, my business sort of head what have you when i first sort of started doing what i was doing now i've got two websites one's ictevangelist.com and the other is educationevangelist.com because like i i, I was before i got my sort of assistant headships and what have you i was trying a long time to get myself into or being recognized for sort of teaching and learning stuff because whilst i'm geeky when it comes to tech i'm far more geeky about teaching and learning like by, by by country mile as we say sort of down, yeah. my, down my way but um so the the philosophies and the pedagogy and all of that informs what i do yeah. and, and and i would say to teachers and and particularly sort of school leaders and things as well you know because i'm asked to go around and do learning walks and all that sort of stuff in schools and things like that uh, but I, I'm, what's I'm, a learning walk a learning walk is where you go around and have a look in a classroom and see what, yeah. what learning's going on um so you have like a not an observation per se but like a light touch look around have a chat to the kids and and see what learning's going on uh, and what have you there are two things there I'm I'm, I'm always more than happy to walk into a classroom and see technology not being used yeah when a teacher's made, made an informed decision there's a there's a um, I wouldn't call it a taxonomy per se, but there's a thing called TPAC, which um, was developed by, uh, away, uh, from a thing called PCK in the first place. Uh, so PCK is uh, the Pedagogy and Content Knowledge Model, and the idea behind it is that great teaching and learning combines your content knowledge, which you sort of learn as 
sociology specialism subject at Whitefield University, um, coupling with your pedagogical knowledge, which comes from uh, your sort of um, teacher training and what have you. Yeah. And so great teaching and learning comes from marrying those two things together. Well, I can't remember the year, but Kohler and Mishra looked at that and thought, well, that's pretty cool, but where's technology? And so they, they created a three-way Venn then. Um, sorry, listeners, you couldn't see me sort of doing the, the, doing, the, doing the Venn dance here. <laughs> but um, the three-way Venn with te- uh, technology, uh, pedagogy and content knowledge, and the, the sort of sweet spot in the middle um, where you sort of got those things combined, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's supposed to like be the holy grail of great teaching and learning and what have you. Um, but one of the sort of key mantras in there is about um, it being... I want to get a quote right here, um, but it's about knowing when when it's right to or not to yes. use technology, yeah. and so that for me is something that I look out for. So if I if I see someone not using tech, that's fine. Um, if 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 I know something that might have actually brought it on, then that's great. So we can have a sort of coaching conversation about how we can develop a practice and and all that sort of thing, and that's great and what have you. Um, but it's it's not a case of like I say, keeping it on top. Um, and, and I'm quite happy with the ICT evangelist brand that I've got, actually, um, because I think having that education evangelist thing that I did, I think that was maybe me sort of wanting to... Cause it, it does sort of get to me a bit that I sort of get labelled as the IT guy <laughs> and all the rest of it, you know. Um, but actually, I, I'm, I'm far more comfortable with that now because, like I, I talked before about imposter syndrome and that sort of stuff and think I'm not very good at what I do. I know I'm good. Um, and, and not because I'm arrogant, but so many people have said that, you know, I've seen I've seen so many impacts in, in, in what I do and, and, and things I've shared and how I've helped. And all right. I, I know I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. No one is, but <coughs> I know that I'm not, I'm not bad, you know. And I, 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 I'm happy with that. You know, so currently um, I'm I'm working on a new website which will be launched in maybe a week or two, um, which will still be ictevandrus.com. Yeah. But, but I'm I'm losing the other site. I'm just bringing it all together into one place, and um, you know, pe- people who you know, regular readers of my blog and people who read my books and, and and what have you know that I'm about teaching and learning, and I shouldn't. I, I I know that I shouldn't sort of try to sort of shout about it quite so much because the only person who doesn't really see that really I think is me rather than yeah. other people like that. So we're getting a bit deep and philosophical here. But yeah, yeah it's not about technology. You're actually on the right. chaise long right now, yeah. <laughs> um, so just two more questions. If you could change one thing about education, what would it be? And if you could change one thing about technology, what would it be? I'll answer the second question pr- first, price. Right, you know, given how much these things cost to make, the markup on them is just is just mm. absolutely terrible. It, it is absolutely criminal. Well, it's not criminal, you know. Tim Cook's not going to jail, but um, the, the the price of these things is is phenomenal. Um, and uh, what was the first question again? Uh, just on that one, though. So, do you think you know over the next say five ten years we're going to see more low cost computing and that kind of thing, or low cost devices? Do you think people will recognise actually? I mean, we've we started, I think, to see some of that. So. Chromebooks are like making a killing. They are knocking the competition out of the water at the moment, and you know they cost a pittance. Google Apps for Education free, you know, and it's great that it works on other platforms and things as well. You know, um, times are a changing, you mm. know. But again, doesn't. doesn't <coughs> 
I, I talk with schools about Microsoft licensing, right? And you know, they feel like, well, you know, when they get into the real world, they want to be using, need to know how to use Word and Excel and all the rest of it. I said, mate, in 20 years' time, it might be like the Mark Anderson word processor. What's important is people know how to use a word processor, not Word or Pages or, or whatever it is. You know, it's about giving these kids these, kids these fundamental skills, you know? And, and oftentimes they can work it out for themselves anyway. If you look at like Cigar Meter and his sort of, his soul work and what have you, yeah. you know, kids can work it out for themselves half the time anyway. That's why you know, digital leaders, student digital leaders, is such a, is such a brilliant initiative because these are the kids who help change the culture in your schools. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see the prices come down, not only because they make it cheaper for me, obviously, um, but um, you know, education is the answer to, the, to, to everyone's future. So let's. So that was question two. So question one was, uh, what's the one thing you change in education? It's a good job that you can edit this podcast, <laughs> so you can like take out the massive silence while I give it a bit of a think. I think that adds to the uh, atmosphere. We'll do a drum roll. <laughs> um, there's somebody on Twitter called Cara Welty. Okay, and um, she said uh, a little while ago, it's a quote from her, and I'll try and get it right. Uh, no child was ever engaged by a disengaged te- teacher. I've even seen that one. And uh, if I want to change one thing in education, is, is more teachers, you know. And don't get me wrong, people might think I'm, I'm, I'm sort of shooting wildly here. I'm not, because I, I, I interact with and talk with you know, thousands of engaged teachers all the time. But we still have got those people in our in, in our society who are people who call themselves teachers, who you know don't do. I, I put a post out the other day, um, <coughs> and it said, "Let me just find it a second. I heard about somebody who was um, just making posters all the time. Or not making posters, getting the kids to make posters for learning all the time. Uh, one does not simply ask children to create posters and expect learning to happen." You know, some people came back to me and said, um, "Yeah, but you know, I've got the children to make these, po- you know, do, do loads of research, and we 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 with them really well, and we do them sort of metacognitive, me- metacognitive, uh, meg- mega, metacognitive activities uh, behind it, thinking about the, the learning behind it. They've made them interactive, and well, do you know, not yourself at the park, mate. That's amazing. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm not complaining about that. I'm I'm saying, you know, people who sort of rock up to a classroom and go, here's a book, right? Find out the key facts, go and make a poster. That's not teaching and learning." And that comes from you know laziness or tiredness, and, and I get how people can be like that sometimes. Teaching, teaching is a hard gig. Mm. Um, it, it really, really is is tough. The the marking load, the the pressure, the all of that. I absolutely get it. Um, and you know I've been guilty of of doing a a, a lesson engaged lesson from t- time to time when I've been writing my three hundred reports end of term and things like that. You know sometimes you because you have to balance. Mm. You, know, you, you can't be you know firing on all cylinders all the time. It's, it's, it's a tough gig teaching, but some teachers sort of rock up and do that sort of stuff all the time, and that's that's what needs to be changed. Good answer. I think that's uh, the case in um, you know in life. Generally, I would say, isn't it? If, if if you're not engaged in what you're doing, then get out. Yeah, and, and people, like, 
I was talking with somebody the other day, you know, if, if you won a lottery, would you, I, I mentioned it in, in uh, I, I sort of had a right old grilling from a school in Jersey, you know, oh, you're just in here to make the money. I said, look, mate, if I won a lottery tomorrow, I'd still be here sharing this. You know, it's not about the money for me. You know, obviously it's nice to be paid and things. You'd just be doing it on Skype from like a boat in Monaco. So. I was talking with a school in Ghana yesterday morning. You know, somebody contacted me from a website, they're looking to develop some stuff in some rural villages out there, they want some help and advice. I, I, I was sort of free, so so I, I emailed them back. We did a quick Skype. You know, I didn't charge them for it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I, I still come from that same place that, you know, when I was 15 and I, I said I wanted to be a teacher, I, I still want to yeah. have a big impact on the world. You know, it's really important to me. And that's... Like, like my book, for example, the one I've, I've written loads of books that are free. You can download my books and things like that. Um, but there is a paid for book. It's perfect. ICT every lesson thing. But I didn't write it to make millions. You know, I've made like a few thousand you know not not a lot of money but I made it because I get my own barcode and I can write to Oscar and Dougie in the front of it my boys you know and, and I can put ideas in there that are going to really resonate and, and have a big impact in schools where, where teachers choose to read it you know that's why I did it you know that's why I do those sort of things and you know I I, I can easily see myself back in school in the next sort of five to ten years um I, I miss it loads now you know um but i know that I'm, I'm i'm still sort of doing in an evangelist kind of way i'm doing the good work yeah still on the, <laughs> so, on the same um, team and we were talking before weren't we you know about the things i do sometimes i'm doing consultancy with leadership teams sometimes i'm talking at a conference in i've got a conference coming up a big conference in dubai in october um x y and z but you know next week you'll see me working with a bunch of year fives in blackpool you know i'm gonna have like working with i think we've got 20 different schools come in to a five to ten kids from each school i'm working with all these young people and, and i it that's that's it i love it yeah well, there's so, so much energy you must get from you know being around young people because they're just full of bonkers ideas and energy and they don't have that restriction and and, and, and again what's great from that is you know, those kids are going to go back into their schools and have that impact and what have you <coughs> I remember a conversation with um, the head at um, Cleveland School we were talking uh, about um, how we can support teachers with their use of technology and what have you then and um he was talking about casting stones and and like if you if you throw like Mark Anderson into a into a big 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 lake, you know you make a big splash, but only make one rip one big ripple. Yeah. But if you've got a number of people, if you throw if you throw ten stones into that pond, not only will there be loads and loads of um, sort of waves, but they'll intersect and cross over and and, and sort of you know, influence far more far more people. And so um, yeah, the more that I can make that big splash and, and then have those splashes spread out further and those sort of circles of influence and that the, the better it is I think final question listicle top three apps top three apps of the moment of the moment um See, it's, it's, it's easy, really, because it's still the same sort of stuff, and it's like you know the internet, or you know Safari, or your browser, or whatever, you know Twitter, things like that. But actually, what I'm, I'm going to do for top three apps, I'm going to choose three apps that can make your life easy, okay? Because I'm working on a new periodic table of apps. Actually, I did one um, about two years ago, and I've nearly finished my new one. It's like mm-hmm. you know 97 different apps on there, broken down by you know, something for learning, for creativity, yeah. all, oh, all that fantastic. sort of stuff. But um, my favourite three apps to help you in your classroom as a teacher uh, would be um, Post-it Plus, because I love Post-its, but I hate them because you lose them, they lose a sticky, all that sort of stuff. And Post-it Plus will digitise them. 
okay and you can save those as, as a pdf or a powerpoint or whatever and share them that easily really helpful for more lessons in the next as a teacher uh, next one is um uh, microsoft office lens okay so you can use that and the kids in your classroom can use it as well uh, and basically it, you can use it to take a picture of a book or a picture of of um uh, the whiteboard or the TV screen in your classroom, what have you, and it um, the technology um, um, detects the edges mm. around the book or whatever, or the piece of paper or whatever it is. And when you take the photograph, it crops it down nicely, and you can do multiple page stuff and turns it into PDF and all that sort of stuff. Again, free and really, really helpful. Uh, and my final one um, would I'm going <coughs> to change my mind a bit actually, because. Um, I always get asked, oh, what's my best app for learning and what have you? And I, I've been saying it for the past, oh, goodness knows how many years. There's an app called Explain Everything, mm. um, which is just brilliant. Um, <coughs> whether you're making a resource yourself as a teacher, uh, whether you're wanting to um, take a photograph of a child's work and then pass it to someone else, uh, for them to then improve it and peer assess it and what have you whilst you're sharing that on the board you can record all that as audio and video at the same time you can put video in it and annotate and, and talk over that video whilst you're recording the video it's like an interactive whiteboard on speed it's just the best app for learning in so many different ways um so there's my three love it post-it plus office lens and explain everything well i think it's time for a beer you're out <laughs> yeah thanks mark Thanks for listening everyone this week's podcast was brought to you by zish go to zish.co to check out what zish is all about and as a listener of the podcast you can get 50 percent off a yearly subscription if you use the code edtech podcast before the 31st of august woohoo many of you will be familiar with zish with teacher users from over 100 countries and for those who are not zish are an easy to use teacher dashboard which helps you to pinpoint the strengths and weaknesses of each of your students Zish brings together all of the educational apps you love to use in one place, so you teachers out there can focus on learning progress. One of its killer apps is the Quizmaker Quizalyze. We now have 15 five-star reviews on iTunes, which is amazing, so thank you everyone. If you'd like to leave a review or subscribe to the EdTech Podcast, please head to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher or any of the other podcasting sites. And you can also send your thoughts on this week's episode to the edtechpodcast at gmail.com or at podcast edtech on Twitter. Next week, we hear from Global Teacher Award winner Joe Fathery, and there will also be an extra edition of the podcast coming out on the launch of My Tech Future and what Ed Vasey has to say on interventions to get more girls and women into technology careers. See you next time. Yeah.